0: It's August 11th, 2021 and welcome to the new reality edition of Bite Marks Cafe right here on Hawaii Public Radio where we serve you the first bite of today's science, technology and innovation. I'm Bert Lum. First up, we'll have Liam Grist from Cloud Nalu and uh, he's here to tell us about the Digital Currency Innovation Lab and a talk that's coming up called Bitcoin and 9,000 Cryptocurrencies. And of course, right after that, uh, we'll be joined by Jay Andrews and Jimmy Harris from Oceanit. And uh, they're here to tell us about a cool, literally cool innovation called the Honu Cooling Pack. So before we get to that, I want to welcome Liam Griss. He's the president of Cloud Nalu. And uh, he's here to tell us about a talk that he's doing over at the Entrepreneur's Sandbox called Bitcoin and 9,000 Currencies, Cryptocurrencies. And uh, Liam, welcome to the show.
1: Aloha, Bert. Thanks for having me.
0: Now I was going to have you uh, you know kind of list off those 9,000 cryptocurrencies but in, uh, in in the interest of time uh tell me you know obviously there's like a a boatload of cryptocurrencies out there and and of course bitcoin is the one that uh, you know a lot of people know about uh what what what's your assessment of sure. this uh, uh I guess this field of cryptocurrency are they you know what's real and what's not real
1: Yeah, so a lot of them are really just tokens based on uh, smart contracts that use a specific protocol um, using blockchain technology. And that protocol allows you to do something special uh, with that smart contract. For example, a lot of smart contracts are based in decentralized finance. You can theoretically gain yield um, uh, through a smart contract. Uh, with a token attached to that smart contract, um, the problem with uh, most other cryptocurrencies is really that they just don't have the security and the decentralized nature and the open network framework that bitcoin has um, so there's a lot of risk involved in using other cryptocurrencies besides bitcoin
0: and when you when you talk about <clears throat> these uh... Smart contracts and these tokens. Uh, this is different. The, this for different from NFTs, non-fungible tokens. Or is it kind of? Are we talking the same thing?
1: Yeah. So non-fungible tokens are really just tokens, um, often based on the ERC twenty protocol, which is the, what Ethereum is based on, mm-hmm. and what a lot of other decentralized tokens, decentralized finance tokens, are based on. Um, when you hear about DeFi, it often uh, means that you're engaging in a smart contract based on Ethereum based on an e r c twenty protocol, and you might be using an e r c twenty token and that could be a cryptocurrency like token or it could be an nft
0: and you know when you when you talk about some of the uh, better known cryptocurrencies like uh, Bitcoin and ethereum and of course you know occasionally we 'll hear about Dogecoin because of uh, Elon Musk. Uh, yeah. how would you how would you kind of differentiate and and how perhaps maybe this is what your talk is going to be about you know how do you uh recommend or advise uh parties that are interested in you know putting some money into any of these cryptocurrencies
1: yeah i'd say look at the main property of money which is a store of value and If you feel like these other cryptocurrencies are offering that, are allowing you to store your wealth and you feel like your wealth is going to be secure in that cryptocurrency for not just like the next month, but for the next like five, 10 years, let's say, Mm -hmm. then sure, go ahead and invest in it. But most of our clients, all of them really that are working with us are really just focused on using Bitcoin and storing their wealth in Bitcoin in particular. For all the uh, security reasons of that, um, Bitcoin's just a much better store of wealth because it's so decentralized and because there's that finite number of Bitcoin available, that 21 million Bitcoin will ever be produced. And uh, our clients understand that 86% of Bitcoin, or excuse me, 89% of Bitcoin has already been mined. So it's really a race to see, to get as much Bitcoin as you can at this point. Um, and that's why we see the value of Bitcoin rising mm-hmm. so much, and especially over time when compared to other cryptocurrencies that might spike very briefly, such as Dogecoin. Um, but then they just tank and you see people get wrecked, which is quite sad, actually. Right. Um, one interesting thing about Dogecoin is that was really the day that we at CloudNalu had the most amount of calls to our company from people. Wanting to buy Dogecoin, uh, but we are a Bitcoin-only company. We wouldn't sell uh, other cryptocurrencies that aren't a good store of value for protecting your wealth.
0: So, uh, tell us a little bit about uh, Cloud Nalu. I mean, as, as a you've dedicated your your platform uh, to Bitcoin, so obviously you feel that's a, a relatively safe place to uh, invest your money. So, what what does Cloud Nalu do?
1: Yeah, so we. Really onboard our clients uh, who are interested in onboarding to Bitcoin, uh, both the network and the asset as that store of value. Um, a lot of my friends and family are my clients, and like I said, I wouldn't really want to sell them anything that's really not a good store wealth of value and going to help them protect their wealth mm-hmm. um, here in Hawaii. And, um, and well, the last thing I would want to do is break their trust by selling them something like Dogecoin at the peak and uh, seeing that tank. Nobody wants to get wrecked.
0: (laughs) I I agree. And so, uh, Liam, you've got a a talk coming up tomorrow. So tell us a little bit about that and where can people basically sign up and join in?
1: Yeah, so you're right. It is called Bitcoin and the 9,000 other cryptocurrencies. We are going to be going over plenty of the other cryptocurrencies um, that people find fascinating like Chainlink, Polkadot, uh, Ethereum, but we 're also going to be comparing them to bitcoin and and all the awesome reasons that make Bitcoin uh, such a great asset to hold and use. Um, we at Cloud Nalu are focused on Bitcoin specifically because we are developing some pretty awesome applications and, and software around Bitcoin um, on our platform right now. you can easily buy. Uh, Bitcoin by connecting your local bank account in Hawaii and, and instantly buy Bitcoin and then withdraw it to your own uh, storage, your own custody, and really custody your own sovereign wealth. And we're all about getting uh, our clients to that point where they're really custodying their own private keys and storing, uh, safely securing their own wealth.
0: So uh, where can people sign up for the uh, the upcoming talk that you're doing?
1: Yeah, so easiest way is honestly through our website, cloudnalu.com. We have an events page, um, and you can click register there. And uh, you'll, you'll be taken to the Eventbrite link, and you can easily register there. Um, it will also be available on YouTube uh, if you want to go search for it. And we do a Bitcoin Tuesday talk every Tuesday uh, if people would like to join that as well.
0: Well, sounds good. Mahalo, Liam, for joining us. And, of course, we'll take a short break, and when we return, we'll be joined by Jay Andrews and Jimmy Harris from Oceanit, and we'll talk about the Honu Cooling Pack. This is Bite Marks Cafe.
2: Support for Bite Marks Cafe comes from the HPR Local Talk Show Fund, whose contributors help Hawaii Public Radio sustain and grow its locally produced talk shows. Mahalo to contributor Anchor Systems Hawaii.
0: Welcome back to Bite Marks Cafe on Hawaii Public Radio. I'm happy to welcome Jay Andrews, Director of Marketing and Jimmy Harris, Product Designer, both at Oceanet, and of course they're here to talk about some innovations so dual use and of course the Honu cooling pack. Welcome to Bite Marks Cafe.
2: Aloha. Aloha Bert. Thanks for having us.
0: Yeah, no, great to great to have some new voices from uh, Oceanet and You know, it's always interesting to find out what kind of new innovation is happening. You know, I I, uh, oftentimes uh, talk to folks at Oceanet, of course, one in particular, (laughs) Ian Kitajima, and uh, there's always something new. And when I heard about this uh, Honu cooling pack, I thought, wow, this is pretty interesting. It's like wearing a jacket that actually keeps you cool as opposed to keeps you warm. So basically, I wanted to start off with asking you, where did this kind of idea uh, come about? And... and, um, what's the what's the genesis of you know the 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 the, the i guess the spark that kind of created the Honu cooling pack
2: yeah well the the idea or the work that we've been doing um, uh, is centered around thermally conductive polymers It was basically a materials science exercise um, It's something that Oceanet has been working on for over six years um for the U.S. Army, Navy, and Special Forces, Um, and our effort in in that arena is kind of still ongoing, the development of this polymer um, specifically for uh, Navy yard workers, so ship construction, submarine construction, guys who are working in extremely hot environments, um, welding or doing other work in these kind of uh, ships that are hot, and also down below decks where it's extremely hot. Mm -hmm. Um, And so that work was kind of ongoing. And then I know that the team started looking at uh, what a cooling vest that we were working on for the military could do for athletes or just for consumers who get involved in sports and uh, things like hiking in in increasingly hot environments. Um, There was a, a kind of a famous picture of Rafael Nadal, I think it was at the uh, French Open, uh, putting on a Nike cooling shirt, which was basically just one of their shirts that had a bunch of pockets all over it, and he was putting ice packs in it. Um, <laughs> oh, yeah and, okay. we looked, yeah. and we looked at it, and we we're like, we can do better than that. Um, you know, when you when you hold an ice pack to your body, um, it cools you pretty quickly for a short amount of time, and then something called vascular constriction starts happening, where your body closes up all the little capillary veins and starts trying to hold that heat in your body. It doesn't want to let it escape. And so simply pressing ice on your body will work really quickly for a very short amount of time. Um, But the innovation that we're working on was this polymer that could be thermally conductive at an optimal rate over a long period of time and keep you cool. Um, And so that was the real genesis of taking this project from... Uh, what we were doing with Department of Defense into uh, the outdoor gear or adventurer market. Um, and so this is Oceanet's kind of first foray into that area.
0: Oh, that's uh, that's great. And so, Jimmy, you know, from a design standpoint, you know, when, when designing something for the Department of Defense, I mean, they, they have some very military specs that you would uh, build your product for. Uh, what were some of the... Uh, changes and and perhaps innovations that took it from a, a, a doD environment to something that 's more you know outdoors and and oriented toward you know athletics
3: yeah, definitely, Bert I think when we look at DoD projects, they have very specific requirements right we 're building for special force um, for the military, for the air force. These people have really extreme heat requirements, they have really high durability requirements. And a lot of those overlap with people in the outdoor industry, but uh, the outdoor industry in some ways is more demanding, because in the military, there's a lot of things that you can train for, you can prep for, there's a lot of methodology to how things get stored. Um, But in the outdoor industry, for normal consumers, you've got to make something really easy to use that people are going to just love to enjoy and run around with, and you can't really um, dictate how people are going to use it. So, you have to make it as simple, And adaptable to the person as possible. So I think that starts with just looking uh, at how people will use it and talking to people about what their needs are.
0: No, that, yeah, that's, that's interesting. You know, uh, in terms of the technology that is, is really the thing that keeps uh, this cooling pack maybe at a, at a more consistent uh, cooling temperature versus, you know, just ice, which would ultimately melt. Uh, Jay, I mean, what, what, what is the, the kind of the technology that goes behind keeping the polymer at its optimal temperature over a longer period of time?
2: Well, so basically this, this polymer that we've created, um, we we put over 60 feet of it into the Honu cooling pack in the form of microtubes. Mm-hmm. Um, and then also in the pack is a, a small pump and battery system that basically circulates cold water through the system consistently. So you don't have that phenomenon that I spoke about earlier, the vascular constriction. You're getting a a steady, even cooling effect over major parts of the body um, over hours. And so instead of causing the body to go into this state of kind of, I want to hold on to all my heat, you just slowly extract that heat over the course of a whole whole morning or a whole afternoon. Um, And so that makes it something that uh, can basically allow you to be outdoors in heat waves and things uh, for a long period of time, very comfortably. The the technology, by the way, in at the, the heart of Honu, we're calling ThermoCore. So that's the system, the, the circulatory system at the heart of this pack.
0: Now, when you, uh, I guess you have some devices like the pumping system and the you know the the power system that enables the the water to be pumped through you know the um the cooling pack uh how much of that is is i guess designed in such a way that from a outdoor athletic standpoint it it doesn't add a <clears throat> like a burden in terms of its weight or or perhaps its uh its appearance and and maybe maybe jimmy you can sort of uh share your thoughts from a yeah. design standpoint you know how does that get measured into what yeah. you would do?
3: Definitely. I think when we were designing this system, we were looking at what would a person who's going on a day trip want to use and what would work for them. And so things we heard were weight, convenience, things like this. And so uh, the additional pump that we're using, it's a small mini electro micro pump. It weighs maybe three the ounces. Um, and then we're also using the battery system is just a Similar to a backup battery for a cell phone, mm-hmm. you can actually charge other electronic devices for it. So we're trying to kind of dual-purpose a lot of these things that we're building into the pack, so that people can find use for it beyond just the cooling that we're offering. But also, you know, if you need to charge your phone to get more pictures, or if you need to, um, if you're carrying like a GPS system or something like that, you can do that as well.
0: So in, in terms of the, uh, you know, the cooling system, as the water goes through the, you know, through the pack. Uh, in essence, kind of like uh, uh, warms up, right? What happens, What what is it that actually cools it back down? Or is the, is the polymer, what's, what's keeping everything cool? Is it the water or is it the polymer?
3: Yeah, great right. question. So you do have to charge the pack. And you can do that either with ice from a freezer or with gel packs that are included with the unit. Mm-hmm. Um, and what you can do with this is you can kind of tailor it to how much cooling you need. So if you want to go for a two-hour trip versus if you want to go for a four-hour trip, you can decide how much cooling power you're going to need and adjust it on the fly so that you're not carrying extra weight with you. Um, and then once it's over, you can just dump out that power. The thermocore material itself is just incredibly thermally conductive, really flexible, really comfortable, and then, as Jay mentioned, works with the body's uh, thermoregulation system so that we're not working against your body, but we're actually working with your body. Uh, to
0: quee really efficiently. Oh, that's that's in- interesting. So now uh uh Jay when when looking at kind of uh uh a product that's moving from a very specialized application, especially geared for, you know, uh, DOD use and looking at more of a broader outdoor kind of marketplace. I mean there's a lot of considerations that go into how you might actually accomplish that. How how do you see Ocean at making that kind of transition?
2: Yeah, well, like Jimmy said, it's it's talking to a lot of people um, and figuring out what their needs are. You know, there's been a lot of research that's been done by different groups around how cooling can help people um, in athletics, either pre-cooling before you start activity, uh, cooling during the activity, or cooling after the activity to aid in endurance or recovery. Um, so there's lots of different needs out there um, and obviously there's a ton of outdoor gear out there but I think we're all seeing that uh, with with global temperatures rising uh, that there's kind of a need for a new a new type of outdoor gear that can be both functional in in carrying stuff or aiding in the activity that you're doing but also providing an additional dimension. Um, You know, we were watching the Olympics recently and the Olympic trials before that. And that was when the the heat wave hit the Pacific Northwest. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it was record temperatures up there. I think there were a few days that the trials, the U.S. trials, were suspended because there were, like, temperatures in Portland and in Seattle that were beating previous records by double digits. And um, you were seeing the athletes suffering. And, you know, people that might have gone out mountain biking on the weekend were just staying home because it was just ridiculously hot. Um, but in terms of the, the conversations that we we're having, we thought that the Honu pack kind of fit in really well for kind of the weekend warrior casual athlete um, who work during the week and then want to get up into hikes or into mountain biking um, on the weekends. Uh, and those turned out to be kind of the people who really responded to the idea of having this, this pack that could uh, do multiple things for them and aid in all the activities that they want to do
0: yeah, you know I want to explore a little bit more about how you will actually well actually go out there and and uh, get some field you know field or field information from the potential users because obviously you know you folks are at ocean that are experts at uh, design thinking so i'm I'm kind of curious to hear the the phase of the kind of uh, exploration, getting getting feedback, doing some of that empathy work. So we hold that thought. We'll be right back at this short break to continue our conversation with both Jay Andrews and Jimmy Harris. And we're talking about a product from ideation to commercialization. We're talking about the Honu Cooling Pack. This is Bite Marks Cafe.
2: Support for Bite Marks Cafe comes from the HPR Local Talk Show Fund, which helps Hawaii Public Radio sustain and grow its locally produced talk shows. Mahalo to contributor PCAT, Pacific Center for Advanced Technology Training.
0: Welcome back. This is Bite Marks Cafe on HPR One. I'm Bert Lum, and if you're just joining us, we're talking to Oceanet, and that's uh, Jay Andrews. He's the Director of Marketing. And Jimmy Harris, Product Designer. We're talking about innovation and commercialization, something that uh, uh, is in the phase of of, um, commercialization called the Honu Cooling Pack. And right before the break, uh, we were talking about how this product uh, was started off with a dual-use kind of uh, beginning. It was a, a DOD solution, and then it became something that was uh, maybe looked at broadening the marketplace into a commercial uh, outdoors kind of uh, uh, marketplace. And in the process, Jimmy, I mean, I know, you know, Ocean has been very active in the, the whole design thinking uh, process. And, yeah. and given that, you know, it's it's good to talk to folks that are actually out there doing the hiking or doing the running or doing, you know, doing whatever's outdoors that's Experiencing this kind of this kind of uh, heat, how do you find the, those populations, and what do you what do you basically run them through? I'm I'm thinking about you know the the empathy sort of phase, and and do you do it then just in Hawaii, or do you broaden that um, that sample pool?
3: Yeah, great question, Bert. Um, so for Oceanit, when we follow design thinking in the empathy phase, what we're really looking for is to understand users, and we think that. Some of the best users to talk to are extreme users. We're looking at people who are doing above and beyond what the average user is doing, because often these people will have tips or tricks or workarounds or special needs that the average consumer doesn't even realize that they have, but would benefit them. So when we were designing this in the middle of a pandemic, so it was much more difficult than normal, um, we were talking to mainly triathletes, right? So uh, Hawaii, home of the the Iron Man, mm-hmm. we were talking to triathletes who were doing these extreme performance events and trying to understand okay, what is it that you need? How would you use it? So, we got people on um, e bikes, we got people that were uh, biking at home, biking outdoors, running, not swimming unfortunately. We couldn't uh, put our pack in the water, mm-hmm. but we were talking to all these people trying to understand all of these extreme things. So, we got really good information about what the comfort had to be like, how it had to move with you how you had to do things like wash it really often because you didn't want it to get sweaty and gross. Mm -hmm. You wanted a fresh pack whenever you took it. Um, And we also got really good information around how much cooling is enough. Uh, What do people feel when they feel cooling? Because everyone feels cooling a little bit differently. If you put something cool on your forehead versus you you put something cool on your thigh, it's going to affect you differently. And so we got to do a lot of testing um, with a lot of really incredible people in Hawaii. Uh, around that, and then we also took it beyond Hawaii. We were interviewing with people all around the U.S. and then also in South America, um, mainly over Zoom, but just to understand what their needs would be and what they were looking for in not just a cooling backpack, but also a, a backpack, right? Because at the end of the day, our cooling vest is a vest and a backpack, and so it's got to serve both needs.
0: So, Jimmy, you're you're actually at a conference right now, and and our it's an out, kind of an outdoor uh, e- equipment conference? I mean, what is it that you're maybe learning there, or are you actually meeting up with any potential clients?
3: Yeah, definitely. So I'm at Outdoor Retailer right now. It's in Denver, Colorado. Um, So lots of companies from all across the U.S. and across the globe really are coming here and showing off the best and greatest um, in outdoor recreation equipment. So lots of tents, campers, coolers, backpacks, water bottles, things like that. I think what we're seeing is this industry is looking for new technology, right? We see a lot of things that are very similar. A lot of people will say, oh, you know, the Patagonia model is working for other people, and so we're going to try to take a slice of that pie. But people are really looking for innovation. There's a need for new technology because, as you've mentioned before, our climate is getting warmer, and we think we're going to have to adapt to the climate if we want to be able to enjoy the outdoors. And right now, the best thing we have to adapt to the climate is, you know, a wicking t shirt or, you know, pouring water on your face. Right, you know, right. I think that's it in the next five years as these heat waves continue, as the uh, as places get more and more extreme temperatures, we're going to need to be able to create cooling technologies that are intelligent and effective for people in order to enjoy the outdoors. So, and so, so we think Honu is something uh, that kind of represents the first wave of that.
0: So, Jimmy, are you at the conference uh, uh, demonstrating or are you more information gathering?
3: Yeah, a little bit of both. We're kind of in stealth mode. So mm-hmm. We're walking around. We've got the whole new cooling pack on our backs, running around trying to meet up with people, Say, hey, you know, we've got this technology. And the second we hand it to them and we say, put it on, the thing we hear is, oh, this feels great. You know, the shivery ooh sound. <laughs> um, and we was actually one of the people we gave it to, a couple of them actually, we gave it to them. They put it on and then they continued talking to us and they didn't give it back, right? And so they're talking to us for 20 minutes. It's outside. It's about 95 degrees in Denver right now. Uh-huh. Um, and so we're outside, they're putting it on, and they don't want to give it back because it just makes such a difference when you're outside.
0: Wow, okay. No, that's great. That's a great image to, uh, to hold in my head. Now, from a, from a commercialization standpoint, Jay, uh, you know, Jimmy just sort of described kind of what I would imagine maybe early prototypes. Uh, what, is the, what is the next path to actually getting something on a production line?
2: Yeah, so we're, we're actually looking to, to go into production relatively soon here. Um, you know, the guys took a set of the Honu packs to, to Denver that are pr- pretty close to final. Um, we're expecting to uh, launch the Honu cooling packs by a Kickstarter very soon here. Um, and based on the response that we get from that, we're going to be uh, moving forward and getting these uh, produced in time for next summer. Um, or I guess if you're in the Southern Hemisphere, you might be able to use it this coming summer. Um, but, yeah, it, it's kind of a new a new adventure for Oceanit as well. This is not something that we've really done before. So it's a lot of information gathering, a lot of feedback, but we're trying, as always, to move quickly um, and to uh, rapidly bring something from, from mind to market uh, within a shorter amount of time than you'd see from, larger, less nimble company. So,
0: so, so it's exciting. So Jay, where can people find out more about the Honu Cooling Pack?
2: Yeah, the website is uh, nineteen, the number is 19, degrees N. Nineteen Degrees N dot com.
0: Okay, Sounds- and you
2: can find out information about the Kickstarter there.
0: Sounds good. Jay Andrews is the director of marketing, and Jimmy Harris is the product designer over at Oceanit. And of course, I want to thank them both for joining me today, and thank you for listening to Bite Marks Cafe. Join us next week when we'll talk about virtual reality visualization. And the metaverse. If you missed any part of this edition, you can find the podcast of tonight's show on bitemarkscafe.org. And of course, if you have any comments or suggestions, feel free to email me at bitemarks at gmail.com. You can also find me on Twitter, I'm at BiteMarks. Our engineer is David Chong. You can catch us on HBR1 every Wednesday or anytime via the HBR app, iTunes, Google Podcasts and Stitcher. You stay safe, you stay awesome. We'll see you next week on another edition of Bitemarks Marks Cafe.